Thank you. I don't get to do this as often as I used to. I spent the first 15 years of my career as a pastor, and uh, when we moved to Sydney, I reinvented myself. That's really the heart of what I want to talk about today is these moments where you don't, you're not sure if your skill set translates and it transfers and the environments that God invites you into. Every day I, I get stressed out. Every day is a challenge. Every day <clears throat> hits the fan and you know it's one of those things where I need to just slow down. And one of the things that, that, that I've begun to do is meditate, uh, but meditate the scriptures. And so I learned this from a Franciscan priest and would like to pass it on to you just as in preparation for this moment. And it's based on uh, Psalm 4610. And that, that verse, be still and know that I am God. And um, the be still part just kind of punches me right in the face because in the Hebrew, that means stop fighting. So stop fighting and know that I am God. And I think so often I get caught up in what I can do, what Steve Knox can do. It's a Steve Knox show, you know. That's how talented I am and I'm, you know, empath and intuitive and can fix couples. And none of that's true, really. It's like God showing up and meeting me in that moment. So I want to lead you through this practice. So if you'll set everything down and just get comfortable. If that's legs crossed, if that's hands on, you know, legs, that's cool. And just close your eyes. And we're going to breathe in. And when we breathe in, I want you to breathe in, be still. And then when we exhale, and know that I am God. And I'm going to lead us through this, okay? So let's pray. Take a deep breath in. Be still. And as you exhale, and know that I am God. Be still. And know that I am. Be still. And know. Be still be I think that's probably why you're here <laughs> is this to be like to be okay. <laughs> Be okay in who God has called you to be. Be okay in who he's created you to be. Be okay in the gifts and the skills and the strengths and the season of life that you're in. And it's a wide spectrum here, you know. I think you might look across the room and you go, well, they've made it. We're not like them or we don't own that. And, you know, comparison is a trap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> comparison is a trap. And, and my, my hope and my prayer for you is that you wouldn't even look at your spouse, but you would look at yourself in this moment. And that you would look and see um, that you are the one that God loves. Mm -hmm. That you are the one that God's called. Mm -hmm. You are the one that God's equipped. Mm -hmm. You are the one that God has purposed. You are the one that God has destined. You are the one that God had. You fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in this moment. And if anything, as we've heard this week, that we're being reminded of not only God's love for us, Right? but that there is this awesome future that He has called us to, if we trust Him. We heard that yesterday. And if we're disciplined in our pursuit of Him. And I just want to encourage it in this moment, this moment, I don't know where you're at, but maybe you just write an emotion down. Tired, 
angry, bored, expectant, annoyed by this American. <laughs> I don't know where you're at, but I just want you to write an emotion down. Cool. We're going to revisit that. In um, Philippians 1, 3 through 6, it says this. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident, in this key verse, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. That means peace, that means wholeness, that means shalom until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, I think that just if we could stop there just for a moment, what got it started in you? And I got to see it 300 X's ago, uh, if that makes sense. <laughs> and I have seen some amazing change and transformation. If this is your first 100 X, I can't wait to come back in two years and see all the good that God has done in using this. But there's a key thing that happens in that, and, and it's joy, and it's completion, and it's knowing, resting, trusting, believing in what God has for you. Now, I, I've met a bunch of you, and I think there's four types of people in the room. In fact, there's kind of four types of people in life. There's imitators, and I'll call it imitation. Some of you are just copies. You're really good copies, but you're copying someone else. It might be your pastor, it might be your mentor, it might be your dad, it might be your best mate, it might be some person on Insta, I don't know but you're copying them. And that's how we learn. You think about it. How do your children learn? From mimicking you. Um, that's step one in, in growing. And it's step one in any idea. It's step one in reinventing yourself. I learned this coming to Sydney um, and, and kind of going, what am I gonna, I'm gonna go back to school? Um, and what, what am I gonna do? And like, how can I figure this out? And God just literally sat me across uh, uh, at a coffee and said, I've got a job for you. Ended up getting promoted, promoted, promoted at a prestigious institution uh, above my wife who had been recruited by that prestigious university and, and it was not a good scene in our household <laughs> at the time, but it was really good for me because my gifts were being affirmed and I, I moved from imitating to innovating. And I think some of you are at this stage, you are innovating, riffing if you will, on what you've learned. You're experimenting, you're, you're stepping out there, you go, oh. Pete and Claire and, and, and Andrew and Sue, what they're doing, and oh, oh, oh we can kind of maybe follow them just a little bit and tweak that and make it our own. Well, I think you're settling if that's you. And I want to challenge you today that it's good to imitate, it's good to innovate, but even more importantly, and I think this goes true to who God is, uh, he's an imaginer. And you need to imagine with him dream with him about the future that he has called you to and is calling you to. And that's that next step. And we talk about dangerous for good. That's scary. How many of you? <laughs> so, like, Steve, I'm comfortable here because I can pick up the phone and call Pete <laughs> and he can, he can affirm my dream. But like here, like dream with God about what's possible. What in the world is that about? And I'm just curious how many of you are dreaming with God in this season? Because there's a future bigger for you if you're willing to step into it. There, there is. And, and it's, it's not as, as, 
It's going to be different. We've heard that. It's not the water bottle. It's the faucet. I mean, it, it, it's going to blow you away. But you have to dream with God. This is a promise of God, by the way, in Joel. He said, young men will have visions and old men will dream dreams. Women will prophesy. Luke quotes him in it, again in Acts, <laughs> when the Holy Spirit comes. And it's that abundant life that we've been talking about. But here's the beautiful thing, and this is where I think God wants to take you. You. Is invention. This is a copy. This is something that's never been before. It's the future. <laughs> and I am curious I can't wait to hear what God is inventing in and through you. Now, we're going to be interactive, so I want you to turn to your neighbor. <laughs> Where are you stuck? Where are you in this process? And where do you want to be? I'll let you guys talk about it. But how many of you will, like, want to stop imitating? You're, that like, might have bothered you just a little bit. If you're deeply honest, you just, it's good, but you'd rather have something kind of original, right? Well, here, here, here's the deal on that. If you want to stop imitating, you've got to know what you're on about. All right? If you want to stop imitating, you've got to know what you're on about. You've got to know your core values. My core values, Meg's core values, are based on faith, hope, and love. took me a while, about a decade to figure this out. Um, and long story short, I shared this at the first 100X. I'm not going to give the story again. But everywhere through my life, I can give an absolute capital Y-E-S to certain things. And that's if adventure, generosity, and community are part of it. Now that's adventure, faith, hope, or love. What do you think? Adventure, faith, hope, or love. Hope. Hope, right? Yeah, and then we're going to make it. We're talking about dangers for good. And why would I come to Queenstown? You know, it's this amazing, it's an adventure. We're on an adventure together. Meg and I can say yes if it's adventurous. You know, that gives us hope for the future that this isn't all there is. There is more. Um, okay, community. That's an easy one. Love. Right. And do I, do I really connect with, with Pete and Claire? Is it really hard to say no to them? Yes. But do I really connect with them and want to be a part of this tribe? Because I feel like we're on a similar journey. We, we don't want to settle. We don't want to be casual. We don't want to be comfortable. We want to press. We've got this one life, you know? And so community, it ticks that box, right? And then generosity, right, is faith for me right? Because I'm able to give out of the overflow. God, I don't know how this is going to necessarily work out. I have written that check, you know, <laughs> put myself in bad situations, overpromised, overcommitted. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be generous, right? And generosity, a mentor of mine told me this a long time ago. I used to think when I was a pastor that I was taking a vow of poverty and that was like noble. Poverty is not noble. <laughs> generosity is. Because the opposite of greed is not poverty. The opposite of greed is generosity. And if you want to fix poverty, you live a generous life. And so I can say yes to anything that's generous, anything that's communal, anything that's adventurous because of faith, hope, and love and what I believe. Good. Right? So if you don't know your core values, you're, you're going to have a hard time saying an absolute yes to things. And I know in a moment like this, like, oh, wow, what is this? I had this conversation with a few of you, but you have to know what you're on about. So I want to give you a moment, and you can steal mine. Uh, again, then you'd just still be imitating. But... Um, <laughs> Or you can press in and have a, if your spouse is with you, have a quick conversation. Honey, what are we on about? And if you're by yourself here, God, what am I really on about? And here's a window into what you're on about. What pisses you off? What frustrates you is a window into what you care the most about. 
So the problem in the world that frustrates you is the very thing that God's called you to, to fix, to be a part of the solution for. So that's a window. Second window, passion. What lights your wick? What gets you excited? That attraction is there for a reason. That's a window into what you care about. And then the third window into what you care about is flow. And I'm not talking about flow here. <laughs> Although it's good to hang out with him. It's F-L-O-W. Uh, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi's written heaps of books about this. He's an anthropologist, social psychologist. It's that moment where you're either doing a task for the sheer pleasure of it, and you get lost in it, anybody? That's a window into your values and what you're on about. So I give you a moment, as we talk about imitation, for you to kind of workshop that, uh, either with God or with uh, your spouse. Go. But I do want to hear some of the values that have come out of your just reflecting and conversation. Um, of righteousness, justice, and praise. It's, wow. Yeah. It's in Isaiah 61. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe one more. What annoys me, political correctness. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> what excites me is family. Yeah. And flow is just doing life. Doing life. It's beautiful. That is beautiful. I want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about innovation. And innovation is always about like tweaking things, right? We're going to alter it just a little bit, right? And, and, and say great, great, steal like an artist or you know, great inventors do that. We do. We always kind of riff on something or we'll see something we really like and try and make our own. And, you know, um, I, I know I have forever and ever. And, and this is why heroes are so important, but also so dangerous. Because we become like them. We take their ideas and we just kind of wore them down or dress them up or, you know. And, you know, a couple of heroes I've had throughout my life. The very first person outside of my immediate family that had an impact on me that I would call a hero is a guy named Guilford Leggett. You know, that's a name you remember. <laughs> Guilford Leggett. And uh, he kind of looked like uh, Wilford Brimley. I don't even know if you guys know who, th who that is. One, one guy from the States. So uh, he's a guy on the oatmeal commercials, you know. And um, Anyway, he smoked a pipe, and he's a Sunday school teacher. And he always, always after class would pull me aside and, you know, affirm something in me. And I thought, oh, that's great. I should use this, you know. I'm going to put that little tool in my toolbox. And, and the second guy kind of in my life was uh, my senior year in high school. I'd done a complete 180, came back to Christ. And um, my youth minister of all people ended up being my best mate. And <laughs> it spent a lot of time with me investing in me. And his name's Brian Fellers. And, and I, you know, I thought, oh, I, I should be a youth minister. That, that's what I'm going to do, you know, because that's what, what works, you know. Um, fast forward, I'm married, um, really, really poor, planting a church in, in Nashville, Tennessee, and, and um, I meet a guy named Erwin McManus, and I thought, I want to drink whatever he's drinking, so I'm going to move Meg and I to the West Coast, and we're going to be a part of Mosaic, and I'm, yeah, this is awesome. And what I think in all of that, I was trying to innovate and imitate, and it's taken me until about 40, how am I, 41, to go, no, I want to be an original. And so I don't know who your heroes are. They're not bad. But maybe just jot one or two people down that have influenced you in a good way, but that maybe you need to, to let go of. You know, in order for something new to grow, something old has to die. And that's biblical. <laughs> so who, who do you need to let go of, maybe, so that you can begin to just, you and God, imagine a better future? I'll let you think about it. One or two names down. So there are these things in life called challenges. 
they, they make us grow. They, they scare us, they teach us, um, sometimes they make us run, you know. But challenges, can we all admit we have challenges in life, you know. Um, hopefully you're, you're uh, honest about that. We also, in life, um, because God is good, he, he, we're not robots, as was, set, as was stated, um, are competent. You've been given a brain, you've been given a heart, um, you, you, you've been given a soul, <laughs> you've been given strengths, you've been given talents, um, you've been given interests and passions and things that you're attracted to, you've been given all this stuff, competencies. And the conversations I've had, a lot of them, um, have been a lot of people saying, well, Steve, I'm just afraid. What you think in your heart is that the challenge is bigger than you are. And you're right. But it's not bigger than you and God. (laughs) And so this fear that you're feeling is a natural human emotion. It's when you know that you are stepping into that unknown from day one. Where, where Pete led us, from the known to the unknown. And faith, the literal word, means to walk in the dark, by the way. <laughs> so it should be scary to you. It should stretch you. It should challenge you. And, and you are going to feel this, maybe from a week like this, maybe from some of the conversations that you're having. How many of you, you know, if we're, if we're honest, a little bit of fear creeping in, if we actually believe this stuff and act on it and adopt these disciplines? Fear is a natural emotion. Now, uh, the opposite's also true, and I meet so many, probably 90% of Christians, I I would put in this column. Bored. (laughs) They're done with challenges, and they're trying to arm themselves. They're super competent. Quote scripture backwards and forwards. They rock up to everything. They do everything that's required of them, but they're not living the life that God has called them to. They're not afraid. And if you're not a little bit afraid, you're not living. Sitting here about to walk up, I got the butterflies. I'm like, that's so good. I must care. Now, my wife is deathly afraid of flying. I tell her we have super competent board pilots. They're not going to do anything out of the ordinary, right? <laughs> that's what I try and tell her. And you know how you get over fear? You really want to know? What's on the other side of it has to be more valuable yeah. to you. So whenever we fly, I give her a couple pills and a couple glasses of red wine. She still cries. The stewardess and flight attendant still comes over, gives the same spiel. I've even lined up uh, Qantas head of engineering to take us through an A380, and that's the only thing we fly in the same seats. She knows the freaking thing, and she always, always, always experiences this fear. But she gets on the plane anyway. Why? Because her family's on the other side. Her future is on the other side. And I don't know what it is that God's calling to you on the other side. But if you're not clear about it, you're not going to step on to that, to that flight, that voyage, that journey. You're not going to. And if you're here today and you're bored, God help you. There is one worse spot, okay? And, and that's where you're, you don't even know. And it's called apathy. And apathy is a heart gone dark. So that's where Satan wants you. Just don't care. Just going through the motions. Yeah. Cruise control. Things good enough. Oh, it's good, mate. Like, I run from those people. <laughs> like, I don't, they're toxic. Toxic. Now, I want you to have a, a come to Jesus moment. Okay, I'm going to get born again in here. 
right? Um, but I want you to be deeply honest. If you were to put yourself on this chart right now, where would you put yourself? I want you to write that word down. And it might be between such and such. And if you've got a lot of courage today, you'll turn to a neighbor and tell them what you wrote down. Have that conversation. What you wrote down. Where did you map yourself? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> You're probably there. <laughs> it's called suspense for you. <laughs> That's a good place to be. All right, some of you are wondering, what's the empty box, right? Okay. <laughs> Please tell us. I'm not going to tell you. No, I'm just <laughs> It is the title of the book. It is confident. And here's, here's the beautiful thing. When you believe God and you move with Him, He moves you, gives you a new heart. <laughs> heart. Heart of stone turned into a heart of flesh. And He moves you to a place uh, where people want what you have. Where, where people are like, I don't know what that guy's drinking, but I want a pint, you know, that kind of thing. And, and that confidence, it isn't arrogance. I had this conversation earlier. Arrogance is thinking too much of yourself. It's the same as self-rejection. It's a, it's a crippling sin. It's what Satan wants you to do. Think too highly or too lowly. It's humility. It's being comfortable in your own skin, knowing that you and the journey that you're on, it, it's right where God has you. And other people's opinions of you, as cliche as it is, none of your business. You know, that, that you can trust that you are right where you need to be. And that word confident means faith within, to trust within, that I'm going to be okay, you know, that, that God has me, that, that what he's called me to, yes, it feels so big, but so, so am I with him. Yes, it feels beyond anything and anywhere I've ever been before. It scares the heck out of me, a little bit of this, but I've been this and I don't like that. And I definitely don't want to go backwards. I want to live here. And this is the conversation we've been having all week. And it's not a financial thing, guys. I think that's a, that's a mistake if you came here thinking this is about finances. <laughs> this is about your openness and your willingness to surrender. To surrender. So this confidence journey, if you need a new challenge, um, you might want to ask yourself, where can I risk in healthy ways? Where can I risk in healthy ways? Where can I risk in healthy ways? If you're missing some of the skill set, you're like, Steve, I need to take a class or go to a course or, you know, I need you to mentor me. Ask. <laughs> Ask. Ask. Seek. Not you'll find. It's promised to us. So uh, I don't know what the action is from this for you, but I do want you to take one more chance and just turn to a neighbor and talk about the chart one more time. What would it look like for you to risk a little bit more? What's one little risk that you think God is calling you to take? What is, who is one person that you maybe need to spend a little bit more time with so that you can move from imitating to innovating to imagining a bigger future so that you can actually do something new with God in this next season that he's called you to? I'll let you have that conversation. Put pen to paper, and I want you to finish this sentence. Today I am confident about dot, dot, dot. Today I am confident about dot, dot, dot. I want you to finish that. Pen to paper, fingers to touch screen, 
however you're taking notes. I am confident about dot, dot, dot. At the time, I was trying to build a really big coaching business. I thought that was like what I was supposed to do. And I had six employees in the States and four folks working for me in Australia. And like, I was just like beating my chest. Like this is what, and I spent so much time, you know, like around the ego of that. And I had looked at a, a model in the States and was trying to, to innovate on it. <laughs> I wasn't being true to what God had called me to. And a mentor pulled me aside. He said, Steve, you're the Kool-Aid. People don't want to drink a watered-down version. <laughs> you know, they want you. And I took a step of faith. I imagined with God what that would look like. It meant tripling my fees, firing half of my clients, letting my team go. Talk about scary. <laughs> and is this going to work? I had the best year I've ever had this last year. You know, and, and it's one of those things. I don't know what's scaring you right now. I don't know where you're just going through the motions, but I do know that if you have the courage to listen mm -hmm. and act on what you hear yeah. in faith, where it doesn't quite make sense, the numbers aren't going to quite work out, mm -hmm. but I know that you're going to meet me there, you'll be blown away by it. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. So um, that's my talk. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah.